With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello? Hi. Hey, Joan. I'm here. <sighs> Thanks for getting it set up. <laughs> I it's know. Long, long day. This um tonight happened to be a lab class. The last one of the semester. Oh wow! So instead of class being an hour fifty minutes, it's it was two hours fifty minutes. Wow! What what the, type of class is it? So I um I teach a course on Thursday nights called Discover New York at um at St. John's. So tonight, so I. I usually have to do three extended classes a semester, so tonight was the last one I had to do. So in Discovering New York, are you talking about, like, landmark places or what's... So I focus on immigration and politics in New York City. That's my that's my theme. Huh. Okay. How diverse is your, your student class? It's um usually I get a pretty diverse class full of everybody. And yeah. I don't just get New Yorkers. I get I get that sprinkle of students who are not from New York. So they really don't know what the New York experience is per se. Gotcha. Excuse me. Joan, Anyone else join me? us? Joan, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Because oh, I okay. asked before a pin, and I didn't have one, so I had to log in as a guest. Yeah. What's That's the okay. You What's can put your telephone number in when I ask you for a pin. Okay, I didn't know that. So it's. Okay, you don't put one three six back in two nine six. No. No. Okay, I know next time. Oh, you want me to go back out and call? Oh no 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 no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. You're you're good to go. Thank you. All right. So we want to start with a prayer, Miss Tom. Want to lead us in an opening prayer? Hmm. Okay. Uh, our Father. We thank you for this opportunity to fellowship. We thank you for the goodness that you provide for us in our lives. Oh, God, we pray that this meeting be whole, that information that is totally transparent and truthful, and that you will lead our minds to dwell therein. Um, Keep us on one accord, praying for the healing of this nation as a whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And for our financial report, we have $50 in our cash app and $565 in our checking account. 
Um, there was no transactions from our last meeting. Um, and we need to do our dues kickoff sometime in, I'd say, like, we usually start in September. But between now and then, um, we need to set, you know, a goal on, you know, what do we want the dues to go towards. Um, last year, um, we supported Roland Martin's Bring the Funk um, video podcast with $50. So um, we could discuss that later. But um, I do want to find something that gets black families excited to be part of something bigger than themselves financially. Even if that means we start being able to invest, you know, a portion of our funds into Bitcoin or something that people could do financially through PTAC that they couldn't do on their own or they would be afraid to do on their own. I think someone else just joined us. That's you, Calvin. Okay. I thought I heard somebody else join. No, I I I did too. Okay. Hi. Any questions? Thoughts? Um, the the Bitcoin piece is quite interesting, especially because a lot more people are getting involved in it. Um, I guess the finance accounting guy in me is always apprehensive to to things like that, especially because there's a lot of volatility that's associated with it. Yeah. It's um and weird, but it did make a lot of people, I would say, paper wealthy recently with whatever it did because I had only put um a little bit of money in there. Like I have a little bit of Bitcoin. I got like a hundred hundred and thirty dollars worth. And I just have just enough just to watch it and play around with it. But I think I put a hundred in and now it's worth a hundred and thirty. Okay. How long of a how long did that earn it? From about last year. I used the stimulus money. <laughs> so like last <laughs> March. <laughs> and you earned dollars in in a year. Yeah. I, I yeah, don't know anything about investments, but that's good. Okay. Oh. Yeah. But if we did it as a super pack, we wouldn't put all our eggs in that basket or anything. We would probably, you know, I would someone make a motion. I would say that we would um, take the fifty dollars that we have in Cash App and maybe just put twenty five dollars in Bitcoin, and that way we can watch it. You know, we can see what happens with it. The, the side that stays cash and compare it to the size, the side that becomes Bitcoin. Like you can look at the $25 that stayed cash and be able to compare it against the $25 that went into Bitcoin. And if, the most we would lose would be the $25. Okay. Okay. 
But I'll um I'll say maybe that would be a project for the month of June when we get, you know, some more members in. And um maybe do some more research on how it works, what makes it fluctuate. Because it does fluctuate. Oh, yeah, it does. But when it pops up, it it pops up. It's like popcorn. <laughs> well, yeah, some pop up and some don't. Some don't. Well, are you talking some about don't. the popcorn fundraiser? I know I'm talking about the old school popcorn you used to cook on a pot, cook in a pan. Oh, that kind of popcorn. I'm sorry. I'm triggered because I'm not sure if a lot of these popcorn sales have been, like, popping up, all pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm talking about how the old school popcorn, like, it might pop up, it might pop, you see a little... It might move up, might pop, and then all of a sudden it's just like explodes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what we could do is by June, I'll give you 60 days, um, we learn a little bit about it each month, you know. We could make that part of family economics, you know, understanding what this cryptocurrency is and how it works and you know, that way we may not risk our own individuals' monies, but, you know, if we vote, we could say $25 or $10 or, or just a dollar we would put to learning how this works through PTAC. Okay. okay. Mm. But like I said, we want to try to at least get three more members into the organization um, just so we're not putting any, you know, any strain on our finances with the $25. Gotcha. So, no, he did not. So I'm uh, asking, when are we doing the black family? Yes. I guess. Welcome, Calvin. How are you? I am well, egotistical, handsome, uh, happy, jolly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> um, you know, this is really our season with everything going virtual. Yeah. I mean, and we're really. I don't, think, I don't think it would hurt us to to yeah. put is, together. Does anybody have the Zoom app? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, you already paid for it. So, do you have a certain number of uh, organizations that you can pull up on Zoom or set up a meeting with? Yeah. Yeah. And if need be, you can purchase it for the event. So, you know, Zoom is very adaptable. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but maybe, I think that, that's another way, to, another way to get more 
people involved and tapping everybody tapping into certain resources and talking about the things that impact families and we hit and we, right. and we hit it and make it pop right because one of the things that's going to happen is that so many people are going to try to duplicate, but we jump out front and we copyright it. So you can't be duplicated, right? And you make sure, um, right, we go at the sponsors or whoever we can get in the various speakers, and you, you get you some headliners who to talk to the families and things like that. But once it's done, you have the footage, right? Right. And so for twenty, right. right. So for twenty 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 two, now you go hybrid. So you do some online and you do some in person. But in the meantime, we need to be growing this this population on the restoration of families. Just like you know, that's that's the work we're doing already. Everybody that's on here. We're concerned about our finances. We're concerned about family. We're concerned about graduation, education, right? So we're already doing that work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and Joan, you know, this is something we said we was going to do anyway. We sure uh, did. Yeah, you know, we were going to hit with a pandemic. The pandemic yeah. is like, you know what? And and we've lost a lot of lives, but a lot of growth has happened for a lot of people in a lot of areas. Yeah. It has. It has. It has been. And and, and, and I think for, for us, the time is better now be, so we can kind of like, I don't want to use the word corral, but gather the young folk because they're active already and, you know, getting them to understand how important family really is. Um, we had a conversation. Who was that? I was talking to the other day, and um, they were very concerned about the perspective of family mm-hmm. and the importance of two. And the more the more we counter and deny that that is important, I think the more we affect the lives of thousands and thousands of children. Our children children are as if they're down by the border with those kids. Our, our, Our children are dying, murdering, running, right? And what what is happening usually is what that, that there are not two parents involved, right? And so with all of these things happening, we should be coming closer and closer and closer and having more examples. The TV is trying. You got Blackish. You got Kenan Thompson with his kids. You got. You know, the TV is trying to bring some different images. Um, this is us, right? So they're they're attempting. I think it's I think it's time for the public sector to really take a look at how 
we see family. I really do. Now, Calvin, let me ask this question. Do you think that we are on the verge of going back to what we had when we had that 90s boom, like the TGIFs and that different family dynamic where it wasn't so set on reality TV? Do you think that we could ever go back and revisit those times in the 90s and then take it to another level? Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, I think it's the cookie cutter. I think the 80s and the 90s are the cookie cutter for the possibility of family. We just have to pull what worked and what didn't work, right? But present, right, present to the table statistically, here are some statistics that we have not paid attention to that is on the table for families. And, and you know, fatherhood plays a key part. You can bring fatherhood to the table and motherhood to the table and relationships and those types, excuse me, those types of things and the importance of the woman and the man. Like we just did our respect day and we did respecting women, respecting we, and then respecting men, fathers, right, and how important that is. Right, and the respecting fathers was very, very impactful, and so was respecting mothers. Dr. Hill took it back, way back to the beginning, right? And those, that footage and those videos where we had the uh, Lions professional athlete and how respect was big to him and how he wants to take football to Africa because that's the area he come from. Right. The other the other the other component I think is we gotta get away from um the status quo in trauma building and start being super creative right and conscious about each other and protecting each other more so than any, right? We we have to change and counter um, our music. Some of our music keeps us in the single mindset, which makes us individualized because we only become individualized in two. We're two economies, her economy and his economy. And because her economy has picked up, his economy remains in, 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 in contact with the law, prison illiteracy, right? Um, we, I had this conversation, you know, how can we have at a time that we have the most educated population and then turn around and our sons are the most uneducated population, right? So uh, lining those things up, getting family to see the importance in their part, No one says that you can't be ambitious. No one says you can't achieve your goals and dreams. And no one most definitely should be preventing you from pursuing those goals and dreams. But when you are split into two economies, it forces you to point out each other's weaknesses, which keeps us wrapped in this dynamic. See? 
And that dynamic uh, plays out in who pays the biggest price, our children. The children. children. Yep, our children are in trouble. You know, uh, Dr. Hill said something that was very, very powerful. Said something that was very, very powerful. He said, although the men and the fathers are doing good, they're still not in the home. Mm. They're still not in the home. He said, yeah, they're doing good being in their kids' life. They're still not in the home. And, and I can tell you from personal experience, not being in a home with my children had me in a quandary often. I had tough nights. I had tough, tough nights, tough days. I had to do something. So I prayed and fast till my kids started showing up everywhere. I prayed and fast. Me and my wife, we just kept praying and fasting till they started showing up. Then the Lord blessed me with a contract in my son's school. But it's, it's, it's very hard. Not to. Thank you. It's very hard parenting this way. It's very hard. Yeah, you make it work. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, okay. Granted, right? But the ingredients of both parents in the home is just undefeated to me. And I think we need to start taking a look. Instead of being defensive, when someone says about the single household, just like it used to be, I think you start uh, coming with some more information as to why. So our family dynamic has to become a family dynamic. And I think that's where, I I, I think that's where, I think that's where uh, the process uh, change. I really do. I think the process really changes. And I think what happens then, too, is society takes note. Where we're asking each other to invest and we're doing all these, you know, different black this and black that. Why do we have to highlight black business this and black business that? Because of that very dynamic. But if we if we just took care of each other and did this, you know, and I've said this a bunch of times, if we just went quiet, the whole world would take notice. If we just went quiet and just started working, helping, building, communicating, the whole world would have to take notice. So then you couldn't, if you walked up on us, you, you, you would have a bigger problem on your hands. You got a you got a much bigger problem when people are united than you do when it looks like we're just is this or is that and this this is you know you got all these these issues and it keeps happening right and then it, okay now you're over here you got another and then you're over here but if we was all united when something like that happened everything got shut down. Everything. Okay. Right? But that's that's taking care of family to me. That's that's just my two cents. Okay. okay. Did you all see that article I posted about the um the families whose kids are caught in this virtual reality game 
where they got the black students as slaves and the white students are trading them online without their knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I read the mess. And again, here we go, right? Look at that. Mm-hmm. So you take that, right? So what's the counter? Why black kids ain't locking up, you know, in their video games, white supremacy, right? Why you keep, why we, I'm, I personally, I, I wrestled, I told my son this the other day, say three times a week I wrestle with stop being good. Three times hmm. a week. I wrestle with it. I feel like I could organize a movement that could counter and would be strategic, right? And then what happens to the solution that we're painting? And I wrestle with that. I have to be talked down. I get real emotional about it. It's so much happening. What's out front? Our sisters. Yeah, men are there, but what's out front? Unprotected sisters. Unprotected families. You know, that's sad. That's very, very sad that they even had the gall to even do it. But when you're reactionary, right, and this is what you do, Instead of you being strategic, oh, that's what y'all doing? Yeah, let me see what y'all doing. Okay, well, here. Y'all start coming up with videos where white people are committing suicide and show that white men be killing they and beating they women. And, you know, if you just want to keep hate going, you know what I mean? Or dominate their ass. You're already dominating education. Help your boys dominate their ass. Take over. Stop asking these people for permission. I'm not asking them for permission. If you're a hate-filled white person, you're not going to mess with me because I'm going to dominate your ass because I got just as much information as you. And if you come this way, you're going to change. And every time they try, they start fading back. I have too much information for you. Do not even try it. We have to teach dominance through their own system. Take this education, eat it, and dominate their ass. They fade in any way. Yeah, and that's fighting. why you see it. They fight. That's why you see it. I was having a conversation with a couple of men, and it's like, man, it used to be they had all this privilege, but those jobs, who's getting those jobs? Black men and women. So you, you, could, you could go on a job as a white person and and it was still there. No, that job gone. You ain't got to hook up the work ethic. You gotta have a work ethic. You got a work ethic. Now where's your creativity? You don't compete. You follow. Ain't no more of that. It's the two thousands. All my mentees, every mentee I got, every male that come into my hands, and I might even have some white males and some Hispanic males. But every mail that comes into my hand gets that information. Prepare yourself to dominate. You're a leader. When you walk into the building, dominate. When you walk into the classroom, lead, dominate. 
What happens if you get the same information? If everybody in the room has the same information, what happens? Your skin takes over. They're more concerned about how much information you get. That's why they want to interrupt the information, because if you don't have enough information, then it's intimidating. I get more information than you. So it's intimidating. So when I I go sit in the room and people say, I can't sit at these tables, Okay, so you're a doctor, so-and-so. Okay, so I'm going to eat all these books. But when we go to talking about fatherhood and medical whatever, I can regurgitate exactly what you're talking. But what happens? My skin takes over. Then people start listening. They start resonating because my skin takes over and says it in a different way and puts it in a way for which you have to understand. I have several Caucasian men on every level saying they can't understand why black men have not taken over the whole fatherhood movement. Well, like, what do they mean by that? They mean it. And then I would say to them, the laws have been prejudiced prejudice against black men for so long, you get so many years and decades and generations to get to the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the ones who've already incarcerated, have their lives have been visiting their daddies and granddaddies in jail. I did it with my brother for years and didn't know the impact of it until I became, you know, an adult. But I conditions the kids mind going to jail every weekend. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so many other society issues with that. But I would tell a same white man, you tell your brothers to stop making the laws and put us in jail. I, 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 I couldn't do that, sister. I couldn't do that. I really couldn't do that because what I'm what I'm trying to explain what I'm trying to ex- explain is that in the 70s, it was different. My dad and them was the first of the very first divorce laws. And they incarcerate you. A lot of times they incarcerate you on the lack of knowledge and give you a court-appointed lawyer. They're discovering oh, more and more of these laws, right? And then when we're talking about fatherhood, the access that you have to your child in the court system more and more and more, you're winning. Men are walking out of court with their kids. Why? Because they have more information. They, they didn't have information. Ain't reach up well yet. I go to court every yeah. every month and see court appointed yeah. lawyer. Still being appointed. Yeah. If you got a court lawyer, you're in trouble. So, in in that case, in the case of having a court appointed lawyer, what do we have to do? If we're united, we got to find a number of lawyers that when this, when Calvin goes, we can't let Calvin get a court appointed lawyer. Yes, I'm here. I'm Fred. I can take over his case and make sure, right? Um, I heard a man say. I heard a man say the other day that was very, very powerful. Say God gives us visions, gives us purpose, gives us ideas, and give us businesses. In that process, and it gives us businesses 
go get as much money as you can. But when you get the money, help everybody. Help as many people as possible. It's not for you to get the money and just go buy a Benz or a Mercedes. There, if you got enough money, you can. We can take six lawyers and have them prevent six boys from taking pleas in the court system, right? You could you could fly a, a, a sister from Virginia to a Cleveland for a heart, right? When you have, I mean, Robert Smith has shown us all. He's using his money to make that much of a difference. Now, that's on all of us to get to a level where we can help make a difference in these areas. And and, and, and it, it is. As soon as a, a, a black boy comes in contact with the law, there's a law in the books, the 1965 Juvenile Act. What drives juvenile uh, young men to be in the juvenile system? Most of the time, it's a young man who dominates his mom. He's been physical with adults. In most juvenile cases, they find that the boy is being physical with his mom. Now, I asked Dr. David Pate and Dr. Eurohill this question. Do we think, do you think, because for me, I believe that when the father isn't present during the pregnancy, and when the child arrives after pregnancy, the boy has cognitive issues. I believe the mental health issues occur. The father plays a role in the children being born healthy, and we don't have as many miscarriages when the father is present and healthy. I believe something is really happening to our boys cognitively before they ever even get a chance. And no study has been done, and I'm asking them, how can we create a study to study this? Because then it would help mothers not miscarry if men could be a certain way and if we couldn't be arguing during the pregnancy and I got to depend on this system to get this check and I got to run you. All those things is occurring in our boys, and who's paying that price? Everybody. Because the boy, once he's criminalized, our daughters are in trouble the whole night. And the boy, if he's unprotected, he's raped, molested, and and somehow get a badge of honor if he's raped by an older woman. Like, that's sick. So when we talk in family, Let's put some solutions on the table, and let's really, really push our families to a completely different level. So, yeah, I agree that we could go back to the 80s and 90s, grab what works, but let's triple that effort on families. We're starting to see black love. We're starting to see symptoms. Black love is coming together. You're starting to see more power couples. You're starting to see black people and black women condemn the raunchiness. They're starting to speak up against that. You're starting to hear black men say, yeah, I was raped by my babysitter. 
and this is what it done to me. This is what has happened to me. So you're starting to get people to to come out and share these things. Now we put that mental health piece in place, but more importantly, put your family first. Get to the point to where our family, we're not using these words. And, and, and a lot of times we use these words when it comes to a family. Um, Joan, I need $100. And Joan, like, I can't give you $100. See, can't count on family for nothing. You know what I'm talking about? And, and they get on Facebook and they post. So, like I told my niece, I said, so you you mad because they didn't give you $100? And she was like, yeah, I, I, if you got $100, you should be able to give it. I'm almost certain if we had the philosophy to give that $100, if we knew that that $100 was going to circle back in, Right? If we knew that that dollar was going to regurgitate right back and I wouldn't have to chase you, or if I, if exactly. I saw your work ethic, I find that those things are become more important in how we share. Well. I think like a lot of us, we all been the cash cow for our family, and I, I know I have. But it 20, 30 years, 20 years ago, it took me a long time, <laughs> at least, to let like, tell my family no, because you have to educate the use of money as well. Every time somebody asks for money, you got to, it has to come with an education if it's of how to use it and setting your problem. I had a sister who got high. Well, yes, if you spend your money on getting high, you're going to need bread and milk. I'm not giving you cash for that. I will go buy the children's food, but I don't give out cash to people that I know use recreation, even if it's recreational drugs or whatever. So I know that's your choice. You're not going to use your money to help get high and then use mine as a life. To, to feed your family. So that's tough for me. Uh, you change your priority, I change mine. But I, I, I educated at the same time. And they finally coming around to doing that. They're taking care of their, them a long time, but they're being more responsible. As they I think y'all some good points. Um, as far as tackling the economic portion, I think I think there's a lot of opportunity to handle the fatherless, the relationships, um, with a series of speakers or something. Maybe um, we can start lining up speakers that could address certain areas, and you know, try to get a Zoom conference you know, say, August. Because mm-hmm. we just touched on four areas, fatherhood, relationships, money, and um, what's the other thing I heard you all say? Mm-hmm. I just, oh, we talked about the education, virtual, this 
education, you know, virtual education of four topics right off the bat. I'm optimistic for our families in a way. Um, oh, bringing back the 80s, I think was the other, so it's five. Bringing back examples from the 80s. Yeah, cause I, I see a lot of stuff is by design. When they see us getting, you know, getting too big for our britches, they get rid of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this is also an opportunity for us to organize. And that's something that, unfortunately, we as a culture seem to have issues with because we spend too much time twiddling our thumbs over the minor things without necessarily seeing the big picture. Mm-hmm. And then they can distract us so easily because I don't mean no harm but I didn't know the Windsor thing happened last December. You know, the the um, no one did. pepper spray. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know it happened in nope. December. And and then when, I, when they no released it, it was like perfect timing. They did it right in the middle of the, the case going on with Derek Chauvin. And then this young man gets killed with the, with the oops, I, I used my gun instead of my taser. I feel, I feel like we were being played emotionally. So then they decided to release the video and the information about the guy in Windsor. They could have released it in January. They could have released it in June. But no, they released it just this week. Yeah, I think somebody, well, I think somebody probably just sneaked it to the, uh, you know, I gave it to the media at that time out of that. Uh, yeah, I think the media plays I mean, somebody got paid to give that to the media, and it just was the timing, of course. But it's Windsor's all over this country that we never hear about. Until right. right. Somebody, you know, leak it or get paid to leak it. That, that's what I'm saying. But it's the timing. And, uh, it's the timing that I feel like. I feel like they manipulate us. Like, if you look at my timeline, you look at your timeline, that's all everybody's upset about. Everybody's up in arms right now and on edge about police brutality. But if you think about it, most of the stuff has already occurred in the last three years. The only thing that's new is the young man that just got shot. Yeah. All these stories that are coming up are old cases. Mm-hmm. And they're coming at us one at a time, and people are like, "That's all they want to talk about. That's all you know." They're they're in, they're enraged. Which when this guy gets off from this George Floyd case, then the cities will be exploding all over again. It'll be like the 1960s again. Yeah. And so and so I'm saying, reverse that trend. Right. Reverse the trend of responding that way and respond in a completely different way. Right. Right. Well, I think Black Lives Matter, the young people that did that, that group, Black Lives Matter really did, they didn't, they weren't violent protesters, right? 
They really right. have done more than civil rights and anybody else's rights they've done in this country to make people know that black folks can protest privately, I mean peacefully, and that we have a a goal in in protesting. Right. And just that we don't we never capture the economic part of it is when Coke has been trying to be held accountable now after the law has passed. But in the old days, boycotting did help. and But then you it's a certain group of people that will lose their economic base if you boycott. That means some people that use that job as a full-time job would hurt, but part-timers wouldn't hurt as much. But I think the, the organizations like NAACP, SDLC, fraternities, sororities, all those groups need to just get together and just reform and, and look at what young people are ready to do. I mean, they've done what we haven't done for decades. You, you, so, no, I, excuse me, I don't mean to cut you off. I, I'm not in disagreement, but what you're, what we're missing and the reason why I say respond differently is mm-hmm. you're losing men at an alarming rate and black mm-hmm. women at an alarming rate with COVID. So every time you respond this way, what's going to be the outcome? What? A reduction in your population. Mm. Yeah. There's a reduction in your population that is occurring right now. So, yeah, you're up in arms, but pay attention. Billy, Mike, James, Cody. Black men in the ages of 40 and up, got black women. I was in the kids. You've lost bodies upon bodies. Now, what they're not showing you is the number of statistics where their suicides have soared. They're losing Jamie, Joni, Jody. James, right? They're losing fathers at an alarming rate with suicide. But they were willing to take that gamble. So if I trigger something and everybody get going, who's catching them COVID cases? Hmm. On 60 Minutes, they show, 60 Minutes, they show the boxes, the crematory boxes on shelves where they hadn't even begun to spread the ashes. Unknown. People are not even picking up their loved ones. Right, so cultivating another plan instead of it being reactionary and not respecting what this COVID is doing is was my reason for saying you have to have an alternative plan. We we are we are bearing, and so what is ushering in is your replacement. So when you're not together. 
but you're only together here, right? And again, you've been separated into two economies, his economy and her economy. Your men and women are pitted against each other. You, the media makes sure that they show your murder rate, your violence on television, which then drives racism and fear in other cultures. I don't want you in my neighborhood. What you doing walking around here? I ain't never seen you around here. Why? Because the news show you. Here go two black men breaking in here. Here goes, look at this one right here, right? So they're constantly showing you, driving that narrative, justifying killing you. When a juror goes to court, we go, we don't go to jury duty. Oh, I ain't trying to go to no jury duty. I don't want to be in no case. Well, guess what? You're not at that jury duty. That black boy that might be innocent is on his way to jail for 25 years. We can't get him out until 20 years. He's been saying he was innocent the whole time. DNA say he's innocent. Damn, I didn't, I didn't go to jury duty. I didn't even try to get on the jury. We, we, the people, African-Americans, blacks, black people, um, black Indians, black Mexicans, uh, colorism, self-hate, self-doubt, we, the people, right, have got to stop our own issues, choices, decisions, and suicidal decisions. We have to protect our children and make sure there are certain things that we can do, right, that can shift, right, some of these dynamics. But, but when? I don't want to give them more, more credit. I'm sick of giving them credit. Tiring. Tiring. You get no more credit. Nobody. It's us. We the coldest. We can dominate. Our time. Can't lose no more. We the people. We have to. Our boys, our black boys, 5 to 11, don't want to live. What, what age, 5 to 11? 5 to 11, black boys are number one in suicide. That's what that whole How are they doing that? They're hanging themselves. In most cases, they're hanging themselves. That's what the whole Man Suicide Campaign is all about. We have a formula that works. I can come to your school and any other school, and we can apply this formula. And it works. I've been doing it for 36 years. I have not lost a boy. We cannot afford losing our seed carriers. Who are we when our sons 
our boys, our men, our husbands, and our fathers. As soon as a man turns 18, he's no longer validated like he was validated growing up. He's no longer celebrated like he was celebrated growing up. Hey, oh, I'm not raising no, no. We bring more to the table than just going to work. But what our sons are watching and what our daughters are watching are two different things. There are households where the girls in the house got a 3.5. The boy got a 1.5. Where the hell did that come from? Why is that happening? I mean, why? We we all black. We say we love each other, right? But we only tell the boy he is get a job and provide. That's it. Oh, oh, you just like your daddy. We 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 are we that is that's why you see that man suicide campaign. We're smashing it. That's what it's about. Engage, empower, and encourage. And it's going to get louder because it's just that important. Black boy can't go to daycare. Black boy is kicked out of his own daycare. And it doesn't matter what daycare he goes to. He could go to a black daycare or a white daycare. It doesn't matter. He's kicked out of that daycare. So when we yelling and screaming racism and right the whole night, black boys, a lot of these black boys go to black daycares. They kicked out. They're the first. The black boy is marginalized, kicked out, removed from education at every level more than anyone in the world. The American black boy. Doesn't matter, black school, white school, Pelican school, pink school, Catholic school, doesn't matter. Is it a wonder he's criminalized? No. He's denied access to his father, who could be around the corner, or who could be six blocks away. He's denied access. Mm. So, so it, it's a, it's a lot, but what we was born to do. We're the babies of the revolutionary. Anybody over fifty, you was born. In the 60s, you the babies of the revolutionary. Let's go. We don't have time to second guess. We only got a certain amount of time to make them give get the world our best. That's it. I was born in 65. I'm ready to go. All right, well. Our task at hand, uh, try to get three more people 
to form our founding circle, if you will, um, by the May 15th call. So we got four weeks. And let's start looking at individuals that we see online or whatever who could be potential um, speakers for a conference by Zoom. Sound like a plan? It does. And also, just to let you know, Joan, um, one of the speakers that we had on the call a couple months ago, um, Kim Council. Yeah. Um, she's been she's um she's trying to make some strides here in New York. I know she's going for Brooklyn. I think when she came to us, she was running for council, but now she's going for um, Brooklyn Borough President. Oh, good. And I like to see I, that. I like I, to see it. When to, someone doesn't get one, they still keep going. They don't just drop out and pout for three yeah, years. And, and I, I, I have to get a little, I have to get a few more details. Um, I'm not as versed mainly because I don't live in Brooklyn. So I, I'm not exactly sure of the dynamics of why she made that switch. But she's definitely moving along with trying to get her, trying to get that. Um, I did see the notice that you sent out about Tashara Jones becoming mayor. Yes, yes. As well. And she didn't didn't succeed the first time, but she didn't give up, you know, and she kept going. And now it's paying off. She's got media coverage galore. And even though this is an off-year election, because it's right after the presidential election, I do think that we still need to keep a focus on giving invitations to those general elections that will be coming up, especially this year. Because these are the local elections that will really start to make the play for how the midterm elections come in 2022. Yes. And like for us, we're voting on a governor. So it's definitely important in Virginia. Yeah. We have five candidates and three are African-American. Okay. Um, I take it, I take it Justin Fairfax did not go for it again because of... He is going for it. He he is going to go for it. He's yeah. going for governor, but he's able okay. to get all of the African-American women. There's five Democrats, too, the primaries in June. So three, that, those yeah. are the three blacks we're talking about, right? They've been in primary yeah. in June against McCullough. Yeah. Who's, they all in single digits, and he's at 42%, supposedly. So. Oh, is he at 42%? Yes, today I saw that. Wow. Okay. No, I have it. I have it. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I support Justice Fairfax, but it's, I saw a commercial today that our current governor endorsed Terry McCullough. I'm not surprised. A lot I of am, because Justin is his lieutenant. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. He stood by him. Well, no, Justin kind of um, criticized him for that blackface, too, which he should have. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I haven't gotten any emails yet to send money to Justin's campaign because Justin is also an alpha. So usually any time an alpha, he is. I forgot. Yeah, so any time an alpha runs for an election, we get an email to donate money or yeah, we're asked to donate money to well, let me ask you the campaign. Well, who is, is is that boy his campaign manager, Joan Tavares? That might be the problem. He, I don't know if he's who's campaign manager. Just Justin. Who's just? Oh, I hope Justin not. Tavares. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. That might be why he hasn't gotten the information from the alphas, but. I hope he's not either, but I'm not sure who his campaign manager is, but that's maybe something you can start from the top down and get the national group to to be proactive about him, maybe contacting him because his campaign manager, I don't know, they they have a month, first Tuesday in June, they will be voting for whoever our Democratic representative is going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's coming up right around the corner. Too much, yeah. No do-overs. After that, it's the Democrat versus the Republican candidate. Exactly. All right. Does anyone want to, not to abruptly shut us down, but <laughs> we are going on an hour and a half. So I think I we got our... our well, just an hour. We ain't start to nine thirty. Well, y- young oh, man, we're talking about the blacks. I mean, what, how are we going to encumber that in our in our goal? Is that going to be something that we're going to do in the next? I mean, that is an issue. I understand with black boys. I raised a son by myself, so that's going to be one of the uh, yeah. That's going to be one of the the topics to address. Mothers of black sons. A lot of people have been posting some, uh, I don't know if you all have seen it. There's a post going around saying black mothers have, black mothers with sons have a different prayer. That's been resonating a lot with people. They, or they have to pray differently. I guess they're really? just saying they have to pray. I guess that's what they're saying. They have to pray differently. They if have their to son makes it back home. Than a father. So I mean, we can't, we can't, I know people all the time say women can't raise boys, but maybe I'm just an exception, but I'm sure I missed out on some things I know I did, but he's doing all right. And oh, uh, I, don't, I, I don't think it pays off for us to divide and conquer ourselves like that when people say black mothers can't do this or whatever. Um, those that need help, need help, and those that are doing well, 
can help, you know? Amen. Because what happens is the ones that are doing well, they get insulted, and then they don't want to be a part of the solution. I don't take that attitude, but I, it would have been better if he had a positive, I mean, he would have been even a greater person probably if he had a man in his life, but he overcame. Well, you did a wonderful job. You got scholar athletes down to the great grand. Well, you don't have any great grands yet, though. No, don't rush that, please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rush that one. Her son just received the coach of the year, and her grandson, his son, um, was player of the year for basketball awesome. for the state of Virginia. The granddaughter, which you always forget, got player of the year, too. A granddaughter as well. And she's got a granddaughter um, playing for the Navy. And one for the shipyard. Awesome. So she did well as a single mom. Oh, I got married. That was my only mistake. <laughs> After a while. <laughs> when they were 10 and 12, I did. But I, that was got out of that eventually. Well, Calvin, you want to give us a closing prayer or Jamal? I'll, I'll I'll give it to Calvin since he's on fire. <laughs> May I ask before we leave, uh, Calvin, are you sure. a council person or you just have your own business working with uh, minority groups? I don't know your I, uh, I have my... Uh, I, I run two impact organizations, one for boys, one for fathers, and manage okay. three online stores. Okay. And I, I, do, I have, I too have a very big sports background. Um, Great. Yes, ma'am. To AAU. No, 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 no. I, I use. I was a very successful high school basketball coach at one point. Oh, okay, okay, great. Okay. And I came to the community, and our mentoring program. We use some of the same tools from coaching. Right. And coaching. Yeah. Yep, and and my brothers and cousins and a lot of my friends are college coaches. Awesome. You where you live, Mac? What state? I mean, see. I'm in uh, Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Great. All right. Nice to meet you formally. Yeah. Okay. Well, we get to know each other better as we go along. Yeah. Everybody on this call is a dynamic person from New York to Detroit to Hopewell. Ms. Pelham has been a mayor twice yeah. of this city. Mm. Awesome. Mm. Yes, awesome. And Jamel is a kingmaker in New York. <laughs> right. I'm going to get $5 And I'm just bringing everybody together. Yeah. Make a, a difference part. for our babies. The thinker. Yes. All right. We hey, want to interrupt you for that. 
Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for our life, health, and strength. We thank you for purpose, Lord. We thank you for the air that we breathe. Mm. Thank you for moments. We thank you for the deeds. And we thank you for the actions. Lord, we ask that you bless each and every person in their household. That is on the call and those that couldn't make it. We ask that you touch purpose in many lives. Solve the many solutions. Lord, we ask that you continue to make a way. Change. Please. Suffocate this world of hate and violence. Lord, we ask that you just bless each and every household, roof and home and job. May they rest peacefully tonight, Lord, knowing tomorrow that they have to get back up and do it again. Again, again. Yeah. There is no rest in purpose, and we ask that you just bless each and every one of them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. And, um, good night, everybody. Well, share the videos of your um your respect day. You know, plaster it. Share those links. Yeah, they- they're, they're all on my uh, page. And, and as okay. Fact, well, sure. I'm hiring, uh, um, we're getting ready to hire a social media person. So I'm, I'm about okay. to back off I... a little bit. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. I understand. Uh, I can like, uh... Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.